What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Bird, the podcast and virtual summit launch coach here. And if you want to ditch your job and move towards wealth, not just some new thing that you're thinking about doing, which is your passion, uh, but also something that leads to wealth, this is going to be a great episode for you because there are certain things we do that ward off wealth. Uh, our guest knows what those different things are. And she also is going to share with us some of the things we could do to welcome the wealth into our lives. So who exactly is our guest? Well, she is the founder and lead visionary of Creative Age Consulting Group and the Wealthy Life Mentor. Our guest is an internationally known speaker, transformation artist, Be the Change Movement to Watch award winner, and one of America's premier experts. Our guest is also the executive producer and hostess of the Apple Top 100 Ranked Wickedly Smart Women podcast and is hired to consult with high-achieving leaders who are called to be the vanguard of the creative age. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch to Job is none other than Emerald Green Forest. Emerald, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. I also have another podcast, another Apple Top 100 ranked podcast called the Men on Purpose podcast. So um, yeah, I love being here and I'm really excited to uh, share what's, what we have to share today with your audience. Emerald, it is a pleasure to have you on Ditch the Job. And I mean, you've got all these different podcasts going on. You've got all these different streams of income. I'm wondering if you could just take us back a little bit before the podcast, before you're doing all the stuff that you love doing. And you could share with us how you transitioned from job to your own enterprise. Great question, Mark. So I spent 20 years in the real estate industry and my last um, kind of job, so to speak, in the real estate industry, I was managing common interest communities and it was miserable. Uh, you know, I was in a position where the only time anybody ever talked to me was when they were calling to bitch and moan about whether a dog peed in the wrong place on the property or if their neighbors upstairs uh, flushed the toilet and it overflowed or, you know, somebody's car got run into by the snowplow. And it was just a horrible, like nonstop, everything was a complaint, constant complaining uh, from people. And it was a very um, challenging and stressful job. And that was uh, a long time ago, a long, long time ago. And I got really clear at a certain point that I just, I, it was really stressful on my mind, on my spirit. I wasn't making enough money to really make it worth it. Um, and I, I actually had a kind of an awakening and I stepped into a conversation with the guy who owned the company and I said, you know, I just am really miserable. I got to leave. And he was like, well, I'm going to leave too. And so we ended up leaving. He sold the company to the, um, one of the other staff people. And we started our own business together and we started to do uh, consulting and real estate development. And that lasted for about 10 years. And then it became clear I needed to leave that relationship. And after that, I started my own, like doing things on my own. And that included having my own art gallery and healing art center, being an event producer for an event that I produced two years in a row that brought 6,500 people to my city. And then ultimately I ended up in the online world, mentoring people all over the world and made multiple millions of dollars from home in my pajamas while I was a single mom raising my son. 
and now now have the podcasts. So I keep evolving. And it's really fascinating how you were like, uh, I need to get out of this. It's interesting because Jim Rohn says you were the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And at that job, you're, you're like one of those five people. Where are the people who were complaining? Where are the people who had all these different uh, issues and different uh, grudges that they had? And you had to hear that. So uh, now your network looks very different. So I'm wondering how you went from literally one of those five people, like even more, depending on how much time you spent on those phone calls with someone who's literally just going to keep complaining and negative mindset to being able to become the person you've become, even though you were surrounded by that at your job? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think the journey started for me, Mark, with um, I started to read other things besides novels because the job was so difficult that, and I was always a big reader, I would go home and I would read novels to just escape. You know, I'd be like in another world with the novel. And I read for many years novels, but then I had my son. In 1995, I had my son. And when I had him, my to read was greatly reduced because I was now parenting full-time, a brand new baby. Um, but I'm such a huge reader that I couldn't not be reading. And at some point, I just made the decision that if I'm going to be reading, I need to be reading something that's feeding me rather than something that's just taking me away and entertaining me. And around that time is when I started to read Fast Company magazine, which I actually had every single issue except the first two uh, from, from when they first started publishing until I left the real estate industry. I had a collection of all of the Fast Company magazines. And, and that started me on a path of really expanding my mind about what was possible in business as well as what was possible in life. So I began to read business uh, magazines and I also began to read business books, but more futuristic, visionary, like where are we going from here kind of business books. Uh, and I started to read spiritual books. So I had this like two paths kind of coming um, coming online at the same time. I left behind reading novels and, and stopped uh, reading Stephen King and started reading things like Fast Company and uh, deep spiritual books like Conversations with God. Mm. I mean, the stuff we put in our minds really impacts who we become. And I'm a big advocate for reading a lot of books. I do more interviews than reading now, but I mean, like, again, like you're listening to this episode with Emerald. Uh, I regularly interview emerald and other people and that's you know that's the kind of knowledge that i'm receiving so uh you can tune into this podcast other podcasts read really good books and that's going to help you on your quest to ditching your job and building wealth now emerald's been at this for a while this wealth building and helping others do it based on your experience what are some of the pitfalls people are making like sometimes it could be mistakes like actions other times just be things that they're not doing that are warding out the wealth that they could have sure so i'm going to give you the five ways that we ward off wealth and um some of them are internal and some of them are more practical and the five ways are worry if you're worrying all the time 
you are actually creating this field of negativity around you that is repellent and uh, repulsive to wealth and having a wealthy life. Uh, waffling, which is being indecisive. So just as an example, let's say you're at an entrepreneurial event and the mentor who's on the stage who's speaking makes an offer for uh, mentorship for the year and it's a 10 or 15 or $25,000 offer. Let's say it's a $10,000 offer. And then there's a break and you go to the, the bathroom and your spouse or a friend says, hey, there's a great deal on this Mediterranean cruise that we've been talking about for years. It's only $10,000 for us to go away for 10 days, all inclusive. And now you've got these two choices. You've got your $10,000 to be mentored, to, to build your business, or the $10,000 to go on the cruise. And now you're waffling. You can't make a decision. I don't know whether to do this or, I, or to do this or to do this, to do this. And before you know it, the mentorship has sailed and the cruise ship has sailed and you're still stuck undecided. So um, you're not gonna move forward if you aren't able to make swift and sure decisions. And if you are a waffler, that's gonna ward off wealth. Um, the third way that we ward off wealth is by withdrawing. And what that looks like, I use the entrepreneurial conference again as an example, because you and I met at, um, at the New Media Summit and we are both icons of influence. And so, you could go to an event like the New Media Summit or PodFest or any of the other amazing entrepreneurial um, business building events and message amplifying events that are out there, get all excited. Like, oh my God, I have a million ideas. I've made all these new connections. I can get booked on all these podcasts or I can you know, make partnerships with all these people. And, and, and then you go home and you pull your energy back you withdraw your energy. You go back into your little hole, your hidey hole somewhere at home, and you get lost in Twitter, or you're you know, glued to the TV and watching the news, or, you know, or you're just, you know, I don't know, mindlessly scrolling. And you've pulled your energy out of the forward momentum that was possible for you and withdrawn. And withdrawal happens a lot because people taste their greatness. They taste the possibility of their wealthy life. And, and it can be frightening because it means that you have to actually dismantle some of the habits and patterns that you have, including this pattern of withdrawing or hiding uh, after getting activated in an event like the ones I'm talking about. The fourth way that we ward off wealth is by whining. And this happens often over wine for women and sometimes over beer for the boys. Um, what happens when we're whining is basically we're bitching and moaning and, and uh, in, in an environment, usually with wine or beer, with alcohol, where our consciousness is lowered, first of all, and secondly, where we are in a group of people and they're all colluding with this low-level complaining, whining storyline. And so what happens when we whine, not only does it ward off wealth, but it really keeps you trapped in an, a mindset and in an environment where those people aren't celebrating your successes, 
they're actually pouring their energy into amplifying whatever it is that you're whining and complaining about. Um, and then the final way that we ward off wealth is by waiting on. And what that looks like is kind of like, it, waiting on has two ways of showing up. Either you're running around waiting on everyone else. In other words, you're taking care of stuff for them. And I see this a lot in groups where there will be somebody in the group who anytime somebody asks a question, that person jumps to answer the question and they're, they're waiting on everyone else like a server and they're not focused on their own business necessarily. The other aspect of waiting on is kind of like the princess in the castle, just waiting on Prince Charming to come along and rescue her. Uh, you know, people who are waiting to be discovered, waiting to be found, waiting to be elevated and celebrated, you have to go out there and, and put your message out. You can't wait for some, you know, magical movie producer to come along and say, you're Marilyn Monroe, you're the next, you know, Deepak Chopra, you're the next Tony Robbins. No, that doesn't work that way. You can't be waiting on. So those are the five ways that we ward off wealth. And uh, one of the common threads behind all those five points is there's just a lack of action. It's more of thinking of future scenarios or hoping you get lucky, but uh, it's this action avoidance that really creates this lack of wealth and action taking is certainly something that can help you to achieve wealth, but uh, there's more than just taking action. Action is just a starting step. So I'm wondering, Emerald, based on what you've found in others and seen in yourself, what are some of the things that speed up wealth? Yeah, so I'm really glad that you said that it's, it is about action taking, but it's also about right action taking, right? So this is another mythology that I see in... Uh, the business world and the entrepreneurial world, there are a lot of coaches and mentors out there who will say, just work hard, just put your nose to the grindstone, just keep putting in the effort, you know, it's then they're like, no, if you're putting in the effort and you're putting your nose to the grindstone and you're working hard and you're going in the wrong direction, you know, that's a huge waste of energy, huge waste of energy. So, I'm not saying that you don't want to work and take action, but you want to be doing it in the right direction. And I myself have been guilty of this, Mark. I have done, I have done actions in my life and in my business um, journey where I blew right past the cosmic stop sign because I was in so much action. I was in so much action that I was just like, I'm not gonna stop, I'm just gonna keep going. And I blew right past the cosmic stop sign and I ended up 3,000 miles down the road out of fuel and realizing at that point that the cosmic stop sign was there to tell me to take a left and to go in a, a little bit of a different direction that would be more fruitful, that would be more wealth generating, and that would be more uh, conservative of the fuel and the energy creative power that I had. So it's really important to be aligned in addition to being in action. I love that being aligned in addition to being in action. That's where the actions you have, there's a purpose behind them. It's not just being busy for the sake of busy. And this idea of stopping on occasion and paying attention, knowing that, oh, this sign is telling me to turn rather than keep going straight. 
this gives you the concept of working in your business versus working on your business, where if you work in your business, head down, uh, the scenario Emerald was talking about earlier where people just tell you work hard, work hard, put in the effort, uh, working on your business saying, oh, wait, this part of my business, this segment has the most income that's coming in. I'm not spending much time here, but it's still my biggest income stream. Let me put more of my time in this. And that's the difference between in your business and on your business. And that really speaks to being able to generate wealth for yourself. Yeah. And I also want to say to anybody who's ditching the job, right? Because this, this show is about ditching the job. Be willing to be experimental. Like one of the ways that we welcome wealth is by wondering. Like, I wonder what would happen if I invested in a mentor to help me to get aligned and get in action. I wonder what would happen if I asked somebody to pay me to work with me. I wonder what would happen if I set up my business where I was doing a group coaching or, uh, you know, or I'm selling a product or I'm doing, um, you know, podcasting. You know, I wonder what would happen and understand when you step into an entrepreneurial venture, you are going to have some fits and starts where you try something and then you discover, oh my God, I hate doing this. I hate this, right? And so you need to be willing to stop and reevaluate regularly. I actually, um, I, I use mercury in retrograde, which is a, a astrological occurrence that happens about three times a year where for three weeks, mercury is in retrograde. I use those periods of time to reassess everything I've been doing. You know, did it, did it work? Did I get drained emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially, or did I get filled up? Um, do I want to keep doing X or Y or Z? Do I want to do less of X and more of Y? So it's really important every so often, and I recommend to, to have a specific time, at least three times a year, where you pull out of, of uh, that forward motion, whether it's working in your business or on your business, to access the wisdom which wisdom is another way that we welcome wealth, to access the wisdom of the last period of time and to be mindful about if it's working for you. Like when you set up your own entrepreneurial venture, this becomes your life. So for example, when I first started working in the online space and I was speaking and I was doing virtual speaking and I've spoken on probably 600 virtual stages at this point, not counting my own, uh, I was a single mom. And so I intentionally designed my business to be able to serve my purpose and connect with all the people all around the world that I was called to connect with. And at the same time, to be able to uh, have the laundry running and to be able to be making the brownies for the football team and to be up at the soccer match and uh, and have a business structure and a business model that served to pay for the sneakers and served to put um, you know myself and my work in front of the people that needed to be uh, connecting with me. I mean, the single mom. I know you mentioned that at the beginning, and you mentioned it here now. And 
I mean, you've got the responsibilities of being the mom, a single mom, and the business. And I feel like there are some people out there who are single moms who just having a job is hard enough. Um, plus, you know, the mom responsibilities, doing it by herself. Uh, how have you been able to balance being a single mom with uh, your business? And I also know that from my memory, like your single mom, like you were doing that with your job and with uh, some of the other background stuff happening that led to your business. Uh, so I'm wondering how you were able to do that with the schedule and uh, everything else. Yeah. So um, the first thing I would say, Mark, is that I, I was really, really devoted to parenting, right? That was first. And as a parent, it was my responsibility to make sure the roof was over our heads, <laughs> right? So for a long time, and, and I'm no longer full-time mom, and my son is now 24 years old. He's out on his own. He's got his own job. He's got a, a girlfriend. Maybe he'll turn into an entrepreneur. Wouldn't surprise me at some point. But one of the things that I needed to do, which is a third way that we can welcome wealth, is weaving. I needed to weave together a support system. I needed to weave in people who were there for me when I was so stressed out and I, need, I just needed somebody to talk to who could uh, help keep my mindset straight. I needed to weave in mentors and coaches and make investments in mentors and coaches who could say to me, here's the most efficient strategy to get to the cash flow, um, you know, stop doing the things that you're doing because they're not working and they're not going to get you to the cash flow that you need right now. Like put all those other creative things aside because I'm also hyper creative, right? So I was like, at one point I had 27 different projects going. Um, and, and a good, uh, wise person said to me, three, just pick three. And so one thing that I did for myself was I began to weed out, which is a fourth way that we can welcome wealth, weed out what wasn't working or it wasn't timely, right? So uh, you need to be sure that whatever you're doing is not only in alignment, not only are you in action, but that what you are doing is in appropriate order, right? In order to get the business to be functional, to get the business to be flowing cash. And I, I needed outside eyes on what I was doing and outside guidance and advice that I, I mean, I could have spent eight, 10, 12 years banging my head against the wall. And I would have probably gone back to a job if I hadn't made the investment in a mentor. So yes, it was a challenge. And yes, there were a lot of times that I felt split. But if you weave together that web of support, um, I believe that you can do it. I mean, I'm proof that you can do it. I made multiple millions of dollars from home in my pajamas. And at, at a certain point in my journey, because of, um, because of some personal stuff that happened in my parenting, in my relationship with my son, and some that caused a major rupture in my life, I ended up at one point just throwing my whole business away. But when I threw my business away, I, I went into a deep state of, you know, really stopping to assess what is my right course of action moving forward from here. 
and I, I came back into the world of coaching and mentoring and being a messenger with all of that wisdom and knowing I still had skills that I could amplify and I could set up my business in a new way that made more sense for the person that I am now because I don't have the dual responsibilities anymore. And there's a very interesting uh, point uh, within Emerald's message is uh, one of the things she had to stop her business, take a little brief respite, and then she went back into it. And uh, the reason why you see that with business people, like they go bankrupt and then they're able to rise back or like whatever it may be. Uh, one of the reasons that happens is because you may take a pause from the business like Emerald was able to, but you don't lose the business knowledge and the skills while if you ditch your job or uh, basically also what happens to people is they get laid off. Like we're talking this to job as if it's your choice. Some people I've had on the show is like, I got fired and then I had to figure it out. Uh, then it's like, you still have to like, if you go back into the job market, it's like, I got to figure out how to get a job again. I got to, uh, so you don't always get into a job that has the same skill set match, but in business uh, you have the skills. So that's why you see people, Launch one business, they can launch a ton of successful businesses. Take some time off business, come back just as strong when you feel like uh, going back in. One of the things that I do want to expand on, though, is you mentioned earlier you read the Fast Company stuff, and then you said hiring a mentor really helped you. And one of the things that I had this in the beginning, not anymore, but I feel like a lot of people, they have this idea that why should I pay someone when I could just Google it? when I could just read blog posts and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because I've hired coaches myself and I'm wondering if you could share some insights as well. So the reason why you want to invest in a mentor is because a mentor, when you invest in a mentor, you're going to get exponentially more than you would ever get from a blog post or even from like a $97 course or a $197 course or uh, you know, anytime you invest with a mentor, you are actually accessing all of the wisdom that they bring to the table from their years of experience, but you're also accessing whatever they've invested in, in themselves. So let's say, for example, you wanted to work with me. I've invested at least a dollars in my own mentorship, in, in receiving mentorship from people. And I have Bring, I'm bringing to the table not only my experience, like not only the on the ground, boots on the ground experience, but I'm also bringing all of that wisdom and all of that knowledge that I acquired and all of the guidance that my mentors gave me when somebody steps into a mentorship um, agreement with me. So when you are, especially if you are thinking about ditching your job, I don't think it's a bad idea to start researching, to start reading books, to start listening to podcasts, to start looking at blog posts, to start looking at small investments, just to kind of test out where you might want to go. But before you leave the job, while you still have the paycheck, that's actually the right time to invest in a mentor because what that will allow you to do is build out your plan of action and have the clarity of the steps that you need to take and begin even implementing and putting some of those steps into place while you still do have the paycheck, while you still do have 
you know, uh, a, a consistent stream of income. Because as you said earlier, Mark, not every uh, mentorship is going to instantly poof, give you millions of dollars, right? It is an investment that can take time. And it's important for you to appreciate the time to grow time delay between the time that you've made the investment and the time that you see the ROI. The other thing I want to say about that is every one of us has different learning styles. So you could go in to work with a mentor and take the first cut. You're going to maybe pick up one-tenth of what they're saying. You go, you take that one-tenth. It might feel overwhelming, but you go, you uh, digest it, you implement whatever it is that you needed to implement, then you need to go back in and take another cut. I had a mentor that I worked with for five years and every single time I sat at her feet, she would say something and it was exactly the same thing she had said at the last event, but I heard it differently because I heard it from a new place. I heard it from a place of a greater experience or I wasn't listening carefully enough the first time around because I was busy absorbing something else that that mentor had said. So it's important when you're looking at hiring a mentor to also look at ha having it be a long-term relationship and not a short, short-term one. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, the having a mentor who you want to have long-term and you respect the process rather than just trying to speed things up. So uh, mentorship, I definitely recommend it for everyone. When you do pay, there's just an extra level of commitment from that person you're paying. So definitely something to think about. Another thing to think about is to keep following Emerald's work. And we'll have a whole bunch of links in the show notes. But where are some good places we can go to follow everything that you're doing? Great. Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to give a gift to your audience. Um, and my gift is my wealth readiness quiz. Because if you are going to ditch your job and welcome wealth, we need to find out how ready you are for that at this point. So you can find my wealth readiness quiz at a quiz.wealthylifementor.com. Quiz.wealthylifementor.com. It's a very quick quiz, takes about seven minutes at most, and you will get your results right away. And you'll have an invitation as well to have a consultation with me to apply to see if you're eligible to have a consultation with me. So go ahead and take the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And of course, you can also find me at thewealthylifementor.com and on Apple and Stitcher and Google Play and iHeartRadio and all the other places where podcasts are heard. You can listen to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast or the Men on Purpose podcast. All Emerald, again, all those links will be in the show notes. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for coming on this the job. And so many great insights here. And I'm sure the listeners are going to really benefit when they take action. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. And hey, you guys, ditch the job, but do it with mentorship. <laughs> <laughs>